Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Logan Fast. Thanks for being on the show, Logan. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Yeah, no, I'm a pleasure to have you on, Logan. I know I've had some other team members on that you've gotten to know pretty well. And so I'm looking forward to hearing just your experience in this business. And But a little about Logan. He's a wholesaler, fix and flipper, multifamily real estate investor from Omaha, Nebraska. At age 24 years old, he has built a portfolio of multifamily properties valued over $1.3 million and successfully completed a few dozen wholesale and flip transactions. Outside of business, he enjoys traveling, snowboarding, and practicing jujitsu. So, Logan, thank you for your time and being on the show. I'm looking forward to this because, you know, like you and I were discussing before the show, I feel like so many people say, oh, I'm too young or, oh, I'm I'm so disadvantaged, right? I think it was a word that you had used, you know, because I'm so young. I look forward to getting in that conversation because we agree that we couldn't disagree with that more. But before that, tell us a little more about yourself, Logan, and let's dive into you know how you made this happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thanks again for having me, Whitney. It's, it's awesome to be here. So I started out, I graduated college uh, 20 of 17, um, actually graduated on a Saturday, and I started work at a corporation on a Monday, so didn't have much of a break there. You know, pretty much by noon on that Monday, I knew that um, I pretty much walked right into my nightmare and and that's something I couldn't imagine doing for the next 40, 50 years. And, you know, I was really unhappy there. And right around that same time, I came across the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, that pretty much every real estate investor has, has come across. And it kind of lit a fire in me and led me to read dozens and dozens of other books and listen to podcasts. And I really just became obsessed with real estate at that point. And, Come to uh, January of 2018, I purchased my first property. I had just stayed in that job long enough to find that property and so I could get the long-term financing on it. And then April of 2018, I left that job to pursue real estate full-time and just haven't looked back since. When did you leave your job full-time? What month was that? It was in April of 2018. Okay. So bought your first property in January and April, you left your, your job. Yep. Okay. So that was that scary at all? Or was it just like, no, I got this? You know, it actually was very scary. And the thing is, like you had mentioned earlier, where, you know, people see age as kind of a disadvantage. And, you know, I kind of just use the common sense approach of, hey, you know, I don't have a family. I don't have kids. Pretty much every other 22 to 25 year old kid that I know is broke. So even if I fail at this, you know, I'm pretty much just going to be where everybody else is. So, and even knowing all that, it, it was scary to leave that job and just leave that security. I love that, that statement right there. And I hope everybody heard that. You said, even if you fail at this, you're, you're pretty much going to be where everybody else is. So why not hit it wide open, right? So tell me about that transition, though, because I would imagine, especially at 24, I don't know your home life, your family life. However, I know personally, my mom would have probably said, oh, wait a minute, 
<laughs> you know, you just went to school, you know, you just started this job. You've paid so much, you know, got so much debt and tuition, all, all these things, right? That, uh, you know, everybody worries about. And you're telling me, Logan, that you're going to go and quit this job to go pursue real estate, you know? So, you know, tell me, you know, how some of that happened. Yeah. So actually, I, I didn't tell my parents ahead of time. They only found out after I'd already uh, left that job. So uh, that was probably you know, smart. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was already committed at that point. I was already unemployed or self-employed, I guess, at that point. You know, I had heard so many stories of people making it and all of these. Basically, I got really into these Bigger Pockets podcasts and heard so many stories of even young people, old people, like it doesn't really matter as long as you can grind, you can make it. And I knew enough to be able to do deals. And I really just, it's a big leap of faith, but it was definitely something that I felt I needed to do. I would never forgive myself if I didn't take that leap. I knew I, if I sat in that cubicle any longer, I would have just continued to be miserable. It's just incredible by the first, by noon, by the, on the first day, like you knew that this was a mistake and really made plans to change it. And, and like you said, and you're still young enough that even if you failed and you said, okay, real estate's not the best thing for me, you could go back and get another W2. Yeah, exactly. And even if I failed at real estate 10 times and then I finally made it, that's the thing. You only need to make it once and then you're good. Okay. So, so tell me though about how, how'd you have the confidence to do that? Not, you know, most people aren't going to have that much confidence to, to leave their day job and, you know, that quickly for sure. And at your age, all those things, you know, that everybody say, you know, was against you. What gave you the confidence to be able to do that? how did you know you knew what to do to be able to make it happen? Because now you got a mortgage too. Yeah. So that property was actually doing pretty well. So it did give me some financial runway there. I knew I had at least six months. I could make absolutely no money and nice. I could at least survive. So was that a multifamily property then? Yeah, it was a threeplex. Good for you. Thank you. So I knew I had a little bit of runway there and I had been networking, you know, ever since I discovered real estate back in May or June of 2017. So I had six or seven, well, probably closer to nine months of networking with other investors so I knew some fix and flippers in town. I knew investors that wanted to buy. So, you know, I knew they were always looking for properties. I knew there were good deals out there. And all I had to do was connect the two. And there's so much information on marketing. And I just felt if I had that extra time that I was spending, that eight, nine hours a day that I was spending at that corporate job, then I could really make some big things happen. Awesome. So you knew that if you had that time, you could do more. Tell me about how that changed though. Okay. So now, you know, you left the the job you, and you said, okay, I've got six months that if I don't make any money, you know, that I can make it. And then if you have the extra time, you can make it something happen. Tell me what'd you do with that time though, after you, after you, you got it. Yeah. So that's actually a hard transition. I think a lot of entrepreneurs have probably gone through this to where you're like, okay, now I have my entire day and it's a blank slate, but you know, what should I actually do with this time to be productive, be efficient? So I think it's, it always comes down to a mix of education and taking action. You know, you can't really have one without the other. If you're just sitting there learning all day and not doing anything, you're not going to get results. And if you're just doing stuff, 
you might get results, but you might also get yourself into hot water. So you have to at least have a good base knowledge of what you're doing and, and you need to have people you can turn to, you know, in case a situation comes up, you're not going to know everything up front, but if you do have those connections and a problem comes up, it's great to have somebody you can just, that's just a phone call away that has dealt with it before. Okay. So tell me about that person for you and how you found them. Yeah. So for me, I found one of my biggest mentors, uh, Colin Schwartz. He was actually on the show a few weeks ago and I just met him at a real estate meetup in town that he actually hosts. And, you know, we kind of hit it off right away and, you know, started to build a good relationship there. And, you know, I just thought, you know, how can I add a ton of value to him? He's a really smart guy, really hardworking, and he was doing great things in real estate. So I'm just thinking, how can I add a ton of value to him? And uh, they kind of just came down to finding him deals. And I think that is pretty, that's pretty much the case in any scenario. Any experienced real estate investor is going to want more good deals. So that's when I really started to learn marketing and really started to study that. And that's been pretty much been everything to me is learning how to market and be the producer of these deals. Okay. So we'll get to the marketing part, but I want to hear, hear a little more about like how you added value to him. So I love how, you know, your thought process though was, you know, how can I add value to him? You found this guy that you knew would be beneficial to really develop a relationship with. Tell me a little more about how you got to know him enough to even know how you could add value. Yeah. I mean, ever since we started talking, we kind of, we had some similar interests. I was really interested in what he was doing because at that point he was only at around, he owned about 25 units. And I felt like, you know, he was really only a, a few steps ahead of me and not that much older. So it really felt like he wasn't that far away and, and I could really learn a lot from him. And if I could learn his business, then I could help him. So it's kind of a balance of, you know, asking him a bunch of questions and, you know, not being annoying to him. <laughs> and I think that's a tough challenge that a lot of people face that are trying to find a mentor is, mm. you know, I, you don't just want to send them deal after deal. Like, Hey, can you analyze this? Hey, can you look at this? Like, help me with this. You know, you want to see if there's something you can do. And you know, ever since our relationship started, I just, I told them like, Hey, if there's ever any way I can add value to you, let me know, you know, is there anything you need in your business right now? Like what is the biggest thing you need? And, and he told me it was, it was deals. And since then I help him with random business tasks, tasks all the time. And I don't expect anything in return, but at that point it was deals. I know it's still deals, but he basically just told me. So tell me about how that worked out then. You know, he told you that you were, that he was needing deals. And so, you know, because a lot of mentors or people that are further in the business, I get it all the time. People say, well, let me know how I can add value to you. Well, you know, it's hard to just like come up with something at that moment, right? And then it's hard to remember that maybe that person would love to help at some point when you actually do need some help. And then you wouldn't even know that they were the right person to do that for you. So tell me a little about that. Yeah. So I had already sent out some marketing at that point. So he did know I was serious. You know, I had been spending money on marketing. So he had taken me seriously. I'd bought a property and then I had an appointment to meet with a seller of a duplex. And I was like, Hey, like, I'm not exactly sure in the area. 
um, exactly what this thing's worth. Like, do you want to come check it out with me? So he went on that appointment with me and I was actually just looking at the dates the other day. This was July 24th and you know, we go meet there and you know, they want to sell it and it's, it's a great deal. It's, it's a no brainer for what they want for it. But they said, you have to close by the end of the month. Mm. So, you know, we've got a week to close this thing and I didn't really know how I was going to do it. I thought to go to a hard money lender. That's the only person I knew that might fund it that quickly. So I tried that and they were actually out of town. So (laughs) they weren't going to be back until the next week. So Colin actually went and he cashed out his IRA and he put like a priority on, I don't know exactly all the details. You have to like send something through the mail. He put priority shipping on it and got the money that day, wow. 112000 to close on it. And we went 50-50 on that. <laughs> so I know a lot, not a lot of people would have kept me in on that deal 50-50 after, because I definitely couldn't have done it without him. And he probably could have done it without me, even though it was, it was my lead. That was the first deal we actually did together. And it was a great deal. And the funny thing is, the same thing kind of happened a couple weeks later. I had another appointment for a sixplex. And of course, the first person I'm going to call is him. And, you know, we went there, ended up buying that one as well. And, you know, because of his generosity and the things he's done, I've given him quite a few very, very good deals. And he's pretty much always the first person I call when I come across something. Wow. So tell me now, though, a little more about this, how your marketing has has grown and what you're doing now for marketing. Yeah. So as far as marketing goes, I'm not doing anything special. I have somebody that makes cold calls for me. Um, That's more on the single family side. Usually when it comes to multifamily, I'll make the calls myself. A lot of owners of multifamily are just a little bit more sophisticated. They want to talk to, you know, the person that's actually buying the property. And then... I'm also sending out some mail and I've had really good success with low quantities of mail. And I think a big part of it is just sending out an authentic message and being a little bit creative with what I'm sending out. And it's a subtle difference between using a company's pre-written letter versus just typing something out being really authentic, telling them a little bit about yourself. You know, I know people even include a picture of themselves and just kind of making that connection and really just hoping to have a conversation with them and see where it goes from there. Yeah. I'm sure that's great advice because most people are being bombarded with mail for real estate right now, right? Yeah, I'm sure they are. And I'm sure five or 10 of those pieces of mail are the exact same thing from different people. So if you can make it stand out a little bit, you know, you can at least get your foot in the door. And that's, that's all you're trying to do when you're marketing. What's the largest property in the 1.3 million portfolio? We just closed on 10 units. So there's two sixplexes in there in the whole portfolio. So we got the one appraised at a 425,000, the one we just bought a couple weeks ago. Good for you. That's awesome, Logan. And, but, you know, tell me what's been the hardest part of this process, the syndication process for you or getting into a large multifamily like this? I think a hard part is just getting people to take you seriously when you're young. 
And to overcome that, it's just a lot of persistence and showing them a little bit of a track record. Once you've been able to do, even if you've only done one deal, that's a huge difference from going in and telling a broker, you know, a broker that sources a lot of deals like, hey, I'm looking to get into my first investment versus saying, hey, I'm looking to get into my next investment. I think that's a huge difference. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And tell me, you know, like through that transition, what was like the biggest aha moment for you? You know, going from no deals to, you know, no track record to all of a sudden you have a deal like to, okay, now I've got this. You know, was it just the first deals like, okay, that just helped you to get so much traction or was it the next deal or could you tell a big difference? I think everything just starts building off each other. And I think, you know, even once you get your first deal, it's such a confidence boost Mm -hmm. that when I'm talking to a seller now, I know what the process looks like. I know I can get my financing approved. I know once we get it under contract, exactly what I'm doing, you know, what due due diligence looks like. And it probably more than anything, the confidence helps you get more deals. No doubt. So Logan, how do you prepare for this potential downturn that everybody's talking about? For me, it's just, you know, having as much cash on hand as I can and long-term financing. And really, I'm going to keep my transactional business going, my wholesaling and flipping and keeping high cash reserves in that business, you know, just in case I need to handle any repairs or anything. It's just a matter of getting them at a better discount than you would before. So what about, are there any specific ways you are, are finding investors or even looking for investors right now? I've kind of just been able to find people organically who are, they're interested in what I'm doing. And when they want to know more about the business, I just kind of tell them, if the conversation leads in that direction, I just tell them that I have some investors that are funding some fix and flips. And if they're interested, they usually want to talk about it more. And (laughs) I just tell them what kind of returns my investors are getting. And they're usually happy to continue that conversation. And because typically it's a lot higher than they're getting in the stock market or, you know, sometimes they just have money sitting there in a bank account making mm-hmm. 2%. And what's been the the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I know, I know you mentioned earlier, like it took persistence, but anything else that's like stood out to you, like to make it? I would say the biggest thing for me is just self-education. I've just made a habit of learning all the time. I'm always listening to a book in the car or a podcast. Um, I don't really watch Netflix or anything. My leisurely time is I'll watch a real estate show or, or a podcast about, even if it's not related to exactly what I'm doing, it's still very interesting to me how there's just so many strategies that people are able to be successful in real estate. So I think the education and then actually acting on it are, is the key, has been the key to success for me at least. And how do you like to give back? I really like teaching newer investors. I love answering questions and helping out newer investors because there's so much you don't know when you get started. So I understand there's always some knowledge gaps. And when you can just ask somebody that's done it and that's been there, it's great to be able to help them. Logan, 
I just congratulate you for just making it happen, taking the plunge and just jumping in. I mean, ultimately, I mean, and you, you had some plans behind it. You had six months. Uh, you knew you had some income. I wish I had done it. You know, I wish I had done it when I was your age. And uh, and so I just, I just, my hat's off to you for making it happen and even finding a mentor, adding the value like you did. I think you went about about it a very good way, you know, and had somebody that, that was a little bit ahead of you at, le- at least at that time. I mean, so, but Logan, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, probably the easiest way is just shoot me a text and we can figure out a time to talk. The best number to reach me at is 402 250-8357. And yeah, I'll be happy to schedule a call with anyone. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too, so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.